Hello everyone. Hello, hello. I'm Tony. And I'm Tally. And we are the, the Lazy Book Lovers. <laughs> this is a podcast for book lovers who procrastinate about reading and have never-ending to-be-read piles. Uh, today's episode is all about upcoming traditionally published releases. So these are through proper publishing houses. Proper. proper. <laughs> That's what I mean. You guys know what I mean. Well established. Yeah, so rather because we do indie author features, so this is those are people who are independently publishing or small publishing houses. This is like yeah, big releases that are coming up basically. Yeah, figures episode one hundred and four was our most recent one. If you want to go yeah. listen to that, we're gonna do indies more often. But this one we just kind of do like once a quarter. I think we once a quarter is a good time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's what this is. Yeah. Uh, before we get started, the SMP boycott is still currently going. I have not checked if any of these fall under that um, that uh, SMP or their imprints in the UK. We don't have them, um, so it would have been an extra step, which I just unfortunately didn't have time for. It's not that I'm not willing; I just didn't have time. Yeah, so. it's not that we don't support it or we're not willing. It's just. So, yeah. We both work full-time as well, basically. <laughs> I didn't intentionally uh, market any SMP titles. Apologies if I have. And please go and look up what it's all about. Yeah. Okay, so these are going to be books coming out up until the end of March. So just the first quarter of 2024. Some will already be out. Um, there's a mixture some I'll talk about, some I don't really know much about. I just saw the cover, saw the author mm. and was like, yes, or whatever. So, yeah. Okay, so the first one. All right, let's oh, go. and Blanket. <sighs> I have not looked up how to pronounce anyone's names. I pronounce everything wrong. Let's go. No matter where you're from, she doesn't get it right. Yeah. <laughs> so, the first one, I have on Storygraph shuffled them into a publishing order, but I don't know if Storygraph always... It's not always foolproof. No. But we tried. Because the first one that's come up is a March one, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, they're, they're going to be all over the place. Um, so, the first one is called The Encanto's Daughter by Melissa De La Cruz, and this is a YA fantasy book. Um... So this is inspired by Filipino mythology and it's a uh, romantic fantasy. So, uh, yeah, Filipino mythology, I don't think I've read I before. So when I saw that, much. I was very excited. Yeah, I don't know much mythology from that part of the world at all. No. Which, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, and so, Chadpup, that's good. Yeah, um, for us it's, I think it's Penguin. Um Penguin are getting better with diverse voices. Yeah. Um, which I like. Yeah, I think they've realised they've got to uh, keep up with what people actually want to yeah. read. I mean, they're about like three years behind the rest of Book Talk. Oh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's happening and that's what's but important. But they're still like probably ten years earlier than other publishers. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, MJ Rodriguez has spent her life hiding in a human world and guarding a heavy secret. She's not entirely human. MJ is half Encanto, a fairy from a world unknown to humankind, and as the only king, uh, the only child of King Vivencio, she also she's also next in the line for the throne. Now, upon her father's sudden death, MJ must take her place as the king's rightful heir. Oh, that sounds like proper classic, classic fantasy. It sounds fun, yeah. yeah. Um, the next one is a translated book. I try and read translated books a lot, and I've noticed I've really fallen out of habit of it. So I'm trying to look for more translated work. So if you think of any that you think I might enjoy, please let me know. I think you've just been, like, reaching to grab, like, whatever was nearby that you felt like reading rather than, like, you usually put some research into... Yeah, and I'm trying to read my physical TBR more, and a lot of my physical TBR are books I got from, like, book boxes, which don't tend to... Mm. They tend to go for more kind of popular titles. Mm. But once I've read a lot more of them, I'll definitely try a bit harder. This is called You Dreamed of Empires by... Alvaro Enrique with and Natasha Vimar or Weimar is the translator. So sorry, everyone involved in this. <laughs> um, 
I don't know if you've actually seen about this book, but um, the I think it was New York Times um, printed a review of this book and it was incredibly racist. No, I I am very out of the book talk sphere these days. Mm. Somehow my TikTok has just become mostly clips of TV shows, oh. um, especially Call the Midwife. <laughs> <laughs> that is my entire TikTok at the moment, and I'm like, I'll never sit down and probably like properly watch Call the Midwife. I was gonna say, I, are you a fan of the show? I don't think I'm ever gonna sit down and watch it properly. But mm. I actually don't mind seeing seen it enough, through but... series of cli- like yeah. clips. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then, obviously, TikTok's on what it does, and it's become my entire feed. So yeah. I'm really out of the loop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is a historical fiction with a really beautiful Oh, I cover. love that cover. It's like a horse with wings and all these different colours. Mm. I love that. I've got this reserved from the library, so I will actually be reading this. Yeah. Hopefully hopefully it'll be available soon. I'm like fourth in the queue or something. Yeah. That's the problem with like translated work as well. Like libraries don't tend to get as many copies in, which is mm. understandable, but it just means I'm in the queue for a while, but mm. it's fine. So a hallucinatory revolution revolutionary colonial revenge story in sixteenth century Mexico. Oh my god, that was Ooh, a mouthful. Wow. <laughs> I struggle at reading as it is. <laughs> so one morning in fifteen nineteen Conquistador. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I can hear it in my head. I just can't make my mouth say it. Yeah. Uh, Hernan Cortez rode into the floating city of Tenextilan. When I actually do my review of this, I will look up pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> when we're doing like several books in a row, it's really hard with time crunches to go and then do like the research of like how to say every name correctly. Um, which I know we, sounds we know like a important. privileged excuse, it, it, but we're not trying to cop no. out. It, it's a time crunch, not a passionate thing. Like as in, we we care about this. Yeah, it's a time crunch issue. And when but I for reviews, we will look it up. <laughs> when I do a review or like in my reading wrap up and etc. etc., I will look up. I already mm. I already have some reviews of this saved on BookTok by content creators who know how to pronounce names. Yeah. So <laughs> but yeah, to be clear, um, this is not lack of wanting to. It's lack of time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so today's Mexico City uh, so whatever Mexico City used to be called um, <laughs> accompanied by his eight captains his troops and his two translators invited to a ceremonial meal with the steely princess sister and wife of the emperor uh, no Moctezuma <laughs> the Spanish nearly bungle their entrance into the city and its labyrinth palace Soon, one of the Cortez's captains begins to question the ease with which they were welcomed and wonders at the risks of getting out alive, much less conquering the empire. So, I saw that the author got the idea from uh, the the historical story was getting... um, relayed incorrectly so they decided they were just going to rewrite it in a more fantastical kind of element I like that. <laughs> uh, yeah and again that's history that i guess in england we don't get taught much yeah and, and like i don't know much about it yeah definitely not so that would be good um totally off topic but kind of off topic and i just mm, want to talk good. about it because i watched it and i liked it tell me i watched on netflix the lost city which has Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum in it. I've seen clips of this on TikTok. Oh my god, it's really funny. I didn't know what it was. I just saw the clips of those two, and I was so like, the, the reason why it's related in my head and my brain's been like, you have to talk about it now, because um, <laughs> <laughs> we tangent. So it's she is a romance writer, but mm. she writes the story of like an archaeologist and her hunky like. Uh, man friend boyfriend whatever he is they go on adventures where they like discover lost kingdoms and stuff but she actually is an archaeologist and like she has a background in it um and her new book that comes out this billionaire which is by the way played by daniel radcliffe and he does an insane billionaire oh so well that's i've seen a clip of him in something that i didn't recognize maybe it's from this so basically he was like okay your stupid romance book your translations of the hieroglyphs are correct. Oh. He's like, so you're going to come with me to this jungle and you're going to find this lost treasure. Mm. And she's like, 
No, I'm a romance writer. No, I don't think so. Um, he's like, yeah, it wasn't really a question. Yeah, by kid- the way, you're doing it. He kidnaps her, and then her <laughs> very handsome cover model who goes to her, her because he's basically been the cover model for all 20 novels in this series of people think he is Dash. And that's Channing Tatum. Yeah, that's Channing Tatum. <laughs> he's her cover model. And she gets kidnapped from an event where they had a row, and he's like, well, I'm, I'm in love with her, so like I have to go and get her. <laughs> And then he tries to become, like, spring into rescue. He knows, like, some dangerous ex-army guy who specialises in finding kidnapped people. So he rings him up, which is Brad Pitt, by the way. Um, and Brad Pitt's, like, classic, like, hero. And Channing Tatum's obviously, like, has the looks of classic hero, but not. Yeah. Um, and then something happens to the Brad Pitt character. And then he basically has to rescue, quote marks, the romance writer from the jungle. And then things keep happening. She's like, I'm not in one of my novels. I'm not in one of my novels. Like, <laughs> this saw, isn't happening. I saw, like, a clip where she was tied to a chair or something. She was like, yeah. help me! Yeah. <laughs> and he's, like, trying to, like, get her out using a nail file. Yeah. She's like, get sis, get something in a knife! And he's like, I've already got a nail file. Will you just be patient? You're stressing me out. <laughs> and, like, there's a bit where he get leeches on his back and she has to pick them off and they're both being like, huh, huh. And, and then he's like, how would you write this romantically in one of your novels? And then she talks about it and basically turns herself on while talking about it. And then she's like, put your shirt on. Like... <laughs> brilliant <laughs> and there's a bit where like he strips completely because he's like is there leeches on my on my bits um and she's like and then she's really funny because she's like she's like you know you think about the thing but you don't really think about the thing and then you see the thing and then it's just like you know you never really expected the thing to look the way it does and then like you're confronted with the thing she's like i'm not really looking at things so i know this is a medical situation and it's just like <laughs> it's funny guys that <clears throat> but anyway quite good. that's set in like a um a Spanish-speaking mysterious island, so that's why it reminded me, <laughs> and I had to, I had to say it. And then I just had to tell you. About I had it. to tell you all about it. I bought myself a nice dinner from Tesco's, and I watched that film, and it was a very nice evening. <laughs> oh, Carry on. Okay, so next <laughs> is mislaid in parts half known, which is number nine in a Wayward Children series. Have you listened to this one already? No, I am on book. Seven. Tony's making her way through the way with children series. So but I, so it turns out there's a limit in every round how much you can have per month. Yeah. Didn't know that. No, because they don't tell you what the limit is. Yeah, seven books. Seven. <laughs> it's not the, it's like, I don't know how they work it out. Or is it number of hours? No, because they're short books that you've listened yeah, to. Yeah, so uh, they were like, you've hit your limit of titles yeah. for this month. Yeah. And I've I had seven know... titles this month, so I'm like, okay, it must be seven. I don't know if it's like weighted depending on how new release they are and stuff mm. as well. Because I've listened to more than seven with them so before. I, I got to uh, Where the Drowned Girls Go. Yeah. That's as far as I've gotten. I've just finished that. Mm. So I think I am on that's book seven or book eight. It must be book seven. Um, Book seven because that's the only one I've not read. Yeah. For some reason. I need to read. <laughs> um, yeah, it's more of Cora's story. Yeah. And then next is that Lost in a Moment I Found, the one that made me cry. Yeah, I, I realise that's the one I've got next. Yeah, mm. I did clock that. So, yeah, this one is by Shauna Maguire. I mean, I don't need to know anything about it to know that I'm going to read it. <laughs> uh, but this is, this is about Ancy, who uh, book eight is about, which is um, lo- um, Lost in a Moment and Found, yeah. Mm. So... Um, it's a, it's a continuation from book eight. Uh, that's yeah. all I'm going to say, really. If you like The Way With Children, I'm sure you're eagerly anticipating it. So generally what The Way With Children are about is that children find these magical doors to other worlds. These doors, usually the place they're going to fulfils a need that they are lacking. These aren't always unloved children. Sometimes they're just children whose parents don't really understand them. Um, they go through the doors, they have their adventures, and sometimes they come home because the doors want them to be sure And, like, most kids don't go and be like, I'm fine with never seeing my family again, ever. So a lot of kids get kicked back out. And then they just want to find their doors again, and they go to this special school that's to help them kind of cope and either get back into the real world or just wait for their doors. Um, And then it tells you, it goes through different stories of different kids and their doors, and it tells you a little bit of some stories are based at the house, the home, like, the school. Yes, and some are for these kids that have been sent back. Yeah, and some of the stories are them in their worlds. Apparently, um, it alternates. I haven't yeah. actually checked if that's true. So one in our yeah, world, I think that is one true. in a world, one yeah. 
Um, so next on the list, oh, these are like YA books, by the way, the Wayward Children, mm. but very hard hitting. But they do swear in them, mm. so they're like older YA in that sense. But then topics discussed aren't a non YA. I don't know how much swearing is allowed in YA actually. Uh, I don't know if there's like a specific, because mm. it's just the age range, isn't it? And YA yeah. is up to eighteen. Yeah, I don't know what's, how that falls, but yeah, mm. don't. If you've got younger than, like, yeah, younger-ish YA readers, there's a lot, there's a few swear words in it. Check the content one, it's because yeah. there's murder and, you know, people being ripped apart and, and there's, stuff. like, one character who yeah. tried to kill herself before she went through her door. Yeah, so... Um, sometimes a bit heavy, but, like, in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> so, next is one that's already out and is, I don't know why I haven't read it yet. I know why I haven't read it yet. Because my library hasn't got it. And I'm trying not to buy books. <laughs> um, this is called So Let Them Burn by Camelia Cole. You might have seen the cover. The cover's beautiful. Uh, check it out. If you no, know, I don't think I've heard of this. Actually. If you know the um, the drama surrounding Kate Corran, this is one of the books that she uh, tried to review on. Anyway, Whip Smart... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so disappointed because I was part of the street team for that as well. Really? Mm, I did the cover reveal. I've got an e-copy of it, which I'm not going to read now. Yeah. yeah. Silly woman. Silly, and now she's lady. destroyed her her career as a an career author. before it even started. Yeah. When and you... she had such a promise. It doesn't matter. Ooh. I'm not giving her Could any time. Could have got time. by on your own merits and you, you, you panicked and fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Whip smart and immersive, this Jamaican-inspired fantasy follows a God's-blessed heroine who's forced to choose between saving her sister or protecting her homeland. Perfect for fans of Iron Widow and A Priory of the Orange Tree. Oh, that sounds right up our street. Oh, there's such a good mixture of fantasy coming out. I mean, I mean traditionally coming out. Yeah. Uh, in terms of other mythology and uh, anything... Just different. Yeah. Just different. <laughs> just different than the same <laughs> fairies. <laughs> I want to hear like other cultures' stories. Fairies have their place, but I want to hear other stories too. <laughs> yeah, and it's vampires anyway now. Fairies are... Your fairies are out, vampires are in. Agreed. I'm, I'm, I'm alright with it though. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready for vampires to come back. Ready for the resurgence. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, this involves like dragon riders, divine magic, war. As far as I know, it's a standalone, but please correct mm. me if I am incorrect. Um, Next one. Did you say with a release date for that one? Oh was? no, I don't think I said for any of them actually. <laughs> 16th of January. Oh. I don't know if I said for the rest. Probs not. No. Sorry, you'll have to look it up. I've gone past them now. They're, they're old it's news. I'm over it. We can't, we can't scroll back. <laughs> yeah, I can't. <laughs> It'll hold me up too much. <laughs> right. This one also came out on the 16th of January, and this is called Most Ardently, and it's a Pride and Prejudice remix, mm. a queer retelling. Oh, okay. um, So this is actually a series um, called the remixed classics and i believe they're a different author for each book yeah and you oh, i've heard of a few of them i don't know if you might have heard of them there's mm. like the little women remix it looks like this and i've not seen these at all oh okay i'm really out of the loop on i basically i don't know just different algorithms i guess maybe or and they're they're generally queer retellings. So maybe I was just looking for a lot of queer books. Who knows? No, because I have remember I've like commented. I've tagged you in some. Yeah. Where it's like a queer bookstore. Who knows? Um. Uh, I don't know. So in the remix classic. Oh, did I say who did this one? Gabe Cole Novaya. Nova Novaya. That's mm. a good name. Something like that. Sorry. I will double check. In the remix classic series, authors from marginalised backgrounds reinterpret classic works through their own cultural lens to subvert the overwhelming cishet white and male canon. We love that already. So this bittersweet Pride and Prejudice remix follows a trans boy yearning for the freedom to live openly. 
centering queerness in a well-known story of longing and subverting society's patriarchal and cis-heteronormative expectations. I love it already. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of Pride and Prejudice uh, retellings. Yeah. Like, I've got Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and a few others oh, I've got on my Kindle. One. I keep and I um, And I haven't actually read Pride and Prejudice, so I'm tempted to read all the retellings first, then Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> to be fair, of all of them, it's the one you can... I reckon it's quite easy to do a modern take of or to twist around a bit. Because hmm. it is just being about, like, she doesn't fit sort of the traditional role of and you know it's, it's the one with the opening line of it's a fact well established like um all men of good breeding are in want of a wife it's that line that's oh, from pride and prejudice i've not heard that line before yeah which is just supposed to be like you know the whole marriage mart of that especially if you watch yeah. Bridgerton, you know about this kind of thing yeah like, yeah that era of you reached a certain age you came out to society you were then basically put on the market to like be a wife yeah yeah and it's Mr. Bennett has a bunch of daughters and he now has to find them all husbands and he's like, oh God. This is it. <laughs> so I, I reckon, because people shit on Jane Austen with silly romance books, but they're quite feminist within the time and within the constraints and within the genre. Mm. It is sneaky feminism. Yeah, like it had to be hidden otherwise she wouldn't mm. have been able to like publish them. Yeah. Even under Next on the list is one I'm currently reading. And I just realised if today's the thirty first it to the happy release date to this Woo-hoo. book. And <laughs> <laughs> um, the invocations by Crystal Sutherland. Um I will by the time this episode comes out, I will have had a review on TikTok for my tour date. So go check that out if you haven't already. Um this is the author of oh, what was the other book that she wrote that I loved? Oh my god, I've already forgotten. Hollow, no, hang on, I will look it up. Can you click? Yeah, click on her name in the story graph. House of Hollow, that's it. House oh, of Hollow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. So I was very excited about when I heard about this one. Five women are dead. The killer leaves no fingerprints, no DNA. Police are utterly stumped. In a world where only women can use magic and the men who know and the men who know about it seek to eradicate them. Three damaged young women, one cursed, one haunted, and one out one cursed, one hunted, and one out for revenge, will team up to track down and take out a brutal supernatural killer. There's also uh, trans and queer representation in it. Obviously, it was on my list of something <laughs> I wanted to read. <laughs> I wonder if you've got the new Sarah J Mass on there. No. It can. You can. We can mention it if you want. It's not on my anticipated release. I won't talk about it too much. The third Crescent City is out this week. Yeah. Done. <laughs> and spoilers were abound the moment it came out. <laughs> yeah, because I think US got it before UK people did. They get theirs on a Tuesday. No, Friday? Because I had it on I pre-order. Think came out. It only just got delivered for me. Yeah, today. Today. Yeah. yeah. Ours comes out on a Tuesday. It would have been sent yesterday. Yeah. And I think they got theirs on Friday. Mm. Yeah. So I've, I've already been... They already came up on my feed. I was swipe, swipe, swipe. I was like, no, you're not getting me this time. Um, I mean, <laughs> Sarah J Mass herself who I do follow on Instagram for some reason, probably before I found out how dodgy she mm. is, posted a spoiler that spoiled the series for me. So I was like, well done. Well done, author. <laughs> what does she post? Oh, we probably shouldn't talk about it here. No, some characters that are in it that I now know are in, from a different series. Oh, uh, the cross- yeah. yeah, the crossover, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, cheers. I mean, I wasn't, you know, her books, I do have... All of her books to read. Obviously, I've mm. read Akatar. Um, but the more I found out about her, the lower they've dropped on my want to read. So yeah. they're just kind of they've. And I mean physically, they're at the bottom shelf now. <laughs> they keep going down because I want to be eye level with the books. I want to prioritize. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I'm. I think potentially I've missed the boat on her because I found out too much about her before I read the series. Yeah, I mean, do your own research, guys. Um, I happen to have already read all the stuff well before I sort of yeah. heard her 
things. I loved Throne of Glass. But it's quite a commitment. It's, um, it's eight yeah. books. You're never going to get it through an eight book series. Um, and Crescent City is chunky as hell. So. And also, as we've discussed, Faye's out and vampires are in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, she, she said there's going to be like five in the Crescent City series is at there... least. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I might go break her fingers. We'll see. <laughs> um, I'll contact her personally. <laughs> like, Babe, bye Listen, idea. love. <laughs> okay, so coming out tomorrow for us on the first of February, um, we we ate the dark by Mallory Pearson, and this is a uh, queer horror. Oh, I don't think I said. Did I say? Oh, the. I mean. Yeah, I think I said what the others were. The Invocations is a fantasy horror. I think that was the only one I didn't say what mm. genre it was. Um, so this is a... We Ate the Dark is a queer horror, which I've been so excited for. I got declined on NetGalley for it, so... Sort it out, NetGalley. Just because I never actually write my reviews. Come on. <laughs> you read them, though. I do read them, eventually. them, yeah. <laughs> Just um, not on their platform. When when like January started and I was like I should probably tidy this up a bit and um I realised I had something like nine books that I'd read and just hadn't written reviews for. I was like, no wonder my percentage is so shit. <laughs> um Okay, so four women investigating the haunting murder of their friends discover more than they ever imagined in a terrifying novel about good and evil, love and death and the spaces between. Five years after Sophia Lyon, Lyon? Lyon disappeared, her remains are found stuffed into the hollow of a tree, bursting through the floorboards of a forbidden no of a uh, of an abandoned house in the woods. Forbidden sounds cooler. <laughs> <coughs> forbidden house. The woman who loved her. The women who loved. Oh my gosh! The women who loved her. <laughs> Flock home to the North Carolina hills to face their grief. I'm leaving it there. Secrets are unveiled. There's some sort of horror element. That is all you need to know. The cover was all I needed to know. I can assure you. Oh, that's you great. That. Yeah. Right? Creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh so much. <laughs> <coughs> Maybe it's just me singing. Creepy. 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 I am just now realising how many of my um, anticipated releases feature like trans or queer people. And I'm doing a few different readathons this year, like trans, uh, queer readathon, and a diverse readathon. So I just realised I'm probably easily going to hit all these prompts without trying. Yeah, you've accidentally done good yeah, job. Yeah, I'll just like, what I'll do is every few months I'll just look and see what I can slot in where. <laughs> also, I said to you when we were talking about our goals for the year, I was like, I think we just naturally, both of us naturally gravitate that way anyway. Yeah. So it would just happen without you having a conscious effort, although it's good that you're doing a conscious effort. Yeah, like I've realised I don't do as much kind of intentionally seeking them out as mm. I did because I just unintentionally seek them out just now. gravitate that way yeah. now. Because it is what's better. It's actually what's more interesting now. Yeah, like, exactly. Genuinely, it's what's better to read just from a purely selfish reader point of view. Yeah, they exactly. Are better <laughs> There's just like, it's so much more interesting. Yeah. And yeah. So speaking of which, yeah. um, this one was one I put on my anticipated because of the author. So Casein Calendar, who was the author of Felix Ever After. Oh, I still um, need to read that. It's on... Ever and now, I think. Script. 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 Ever and whatever you want to call it. When your thing restarts. Um. So this comes out on the sixth of February, and it's called Infinity Alchemist. Well done. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, I like the uh, breath before you said it. (laughs) I think you did a good job. (laughs) I just, I looked at Infinity, and I was like, I know this word. Why can't I make my mouth say it? Neurodivergent. Right. (laughs) Infinity Alchemist is a spellbinding novel about a quest that leads three young alchemists towards unexpected love and unimaginable power. 
Only an elite few are legally permitted to study the science of magic. So when Ash is rejected by Lancaster College of Alchemic Science, he takes a job as the school's groundskeeper instead, forced to learn alchemy in secret. When he's discovered by the condescending and brilliant apprentice Ramsey Fawn, Ash is sure Ash is sure he's about to be arrested, but instead of calling the Reds, Ramsey surprises Ash by making him an offer. Ramsey will keep Ash's secret if he helps her find the legendary Book of Source, a sacred text that gives its reader extraordinary power. Why a fantasy? They're all very like adventury. Find a thing, discover the murderer. Oh, like questy. Questy, that's yeah. the word I'm looking for. Yeah, there's a lot of questy type mm. ones coming out. I like I like we're coming back to this. Yeah, I'm enjoying this. Um, I've just realised I did miss one off this list. Mm. Um, the new Emily Wilde's book, because I am reading mm. Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia of Fairies, and I'm loving it. Just spoiler <laughs> for the next episode. Um. <laughs> And the second one has just come out. I think it's called like Emily Wilde Into the Outer Other Lands or something. Anyway, that's anticipated. It is already out. But just is quickly throw that out. The there. second Divine Rivals is coming out. Or that's has already come out. out. Is yeah. it out? That came out in December or January? January. Yeah, the second book in the Divine Rivals. Yeah, like that's out. Debating. Secret Vows, is it called or something? Something like that. Mm. So next one is a sequel um by t kingfisher this is the second one in the swan soldier series so what feasts at night the first one was that what moves the dead which was the book it was based on a story let me double check what the story is in case you haven't read it it's based on the house of usher oh yeah and um it was everyone was of the, everyone thought it was going to be a standalone, but it's it's a duology at the very least. Okay. So um, and they're like a novella length as well. Uh, Alex Easton, a retired soldier, returns in this novella length sequel to the best-selling "What Moves the Dead." When Easton travels, oh, let me double check. This isn't going to spoil or anything from the first one, although it's based on a story, but. That would be fine. When Easton travels to Galatia as a favour to Miss Potter, they find their home empty, the caretaker dead, and the grounds troubled by a strange, uncanny silence. Um, So, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this. The cover is stunning. Oh, it's like a skeleton-y horse, but flame, not flame. The horse is like rotting. being dissolved, yeah. Yeah. And if you've seen the cover for the first one, that had a rabbit on it that was being mm. like eaten. Do you remember the first one? Yeah, because that was in the era of lots of dead rabbits on covers. Yeah, yeah and that yeah. had like fungi growing out of it. Um, T. Kingfisher is just an amazing author, so. Always makes you cry, though. Yeah, yeah. And the main character of this, um, Alex Easton, is a non binary character as well. Next one, oh god, I need to take a breath. Next one <laughs> comes out on the 13th of February, and this is highly anticipated. An Education in Malice by S.T. Gibson. S.T. Gibson has two books coming out this year. You may recognize their name, they were the one that done the A Dowry of Blood. If you've read that, same author. And the other one they've got coming out this year is called like Evocation or something, but that, that'll be mm. in a future episode. So this is a queer historical fantasy romance, just all of the good stuff. It's a dark, it's a dark academia book, basically. Oh, so, so it's basically tick, 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 all yeah. of your. I things. have an arc of this, so I mm. should be reading it apparently before the thirteenth. <laughs> <laughs> I have been reading a lot this month, though. Okay. But I'm struggling with e-books. I'm just doing audio and physical, and every time I try and read an e-book, I fall asleep. Yeah, I'll be getting through more audio than actual books because life is busy right mm. now. And I work very early in the morning. Yeah, so that's so becoming tired. I'm tired, tired. Um, deep in the forgotten hills of Massachusetts stands St. Perpetua's College, 
Isolated and ancient, it is not a place for timid girls. Here, secrets are currency, ambition is lifeblood, and strange ceremonies welcome students into the fold. On her first day of class, Laura Sheridan is thrust into an intense academic rivalry with the beautiful and enigmatic, enigmatic Camilla. Camilla. It's Camilla. <laughs> So I didn't hear anything wrong there, and I was like, yeah, that makes Camellia's perfect sense. Mm. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> it's Camilla. Probably a nod to the original Suffolk vampire. Um, together, <laughs> together they are drawn into the confidence of their demanding poetry professor, poetry professor who holds her own dark obsession with Camilla. As their rivalry blooms in something more delicious. Oh, I'm just stopping there. That's enough. That's all I need to hear. Perfect. <laughs> five out of five, I'm sure. <laughs> Tell me no more. <laughs> I am done. Sold. <laughs> Uh, so next on the 15th of February oh the day after Valentine's Day um, is A Tempest of Tea and it's the first in the Blood and Tea series by Hassa Fazil 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 the author of We Hunt the Flame yeah sure that's her their surname is Faisal. Faisal, yeah. perfect, thank you. So this is a new fantasy duology, okay. So it's got an orphan girl and her crew oh. who go on a heist oh. with vampires. Oh, okay, done. Perfect for fans right. of Six of Crows. Right, uh, 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 future me, when you listen to the edit. Done. Is that in your Amazon list yet? <laughs> and if not, why not? That actually works, by the way. You know, when I do this, it's not a gimmick. If anyone's listened to a few episodes and I'll go, oh, future Tony. <laughs> no, genuinely, I'll be listening to the edit. It's like, I've never fucking heard this before. And I'll go, oh, yeah. And I'll go, put, I'll go put that. that in Amazon or in Storygraph or yeah. something. <laughs> it genuinely so works. Funny. It's a system now. Yeah. It's the system. Because <laughs> I don't remember anything we said in these things. And then mm. I listen it back and I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the streets, I mean, you might not want to hear any more about it. You might be sold. On the streets of White Roaring, oh, God. Arthur Casimir is a criminal mastermind and collector of secrets. Her prestigious tea room transforms into an illegal bloodhouse by dark, catering to the vampires feared by society. But when her establishment is threatened, Arthur is forced to strike an unlikely deal with an alluring adversary to save it, and she can't do the job alone. <laughs> Look at that cover as well. Stunning. I want a physical copy of this. Oh, God, that look. Yeah, that, I mean. that cover. Tick, tick, tick. Tickety, I've been, tick, and tick, tick, tick. I've been mean to read We Hunt the Fame for so fucking long. Same. And it's on every reckless, every reckless I go to make for my blog. Every single trope, it's got it, apparently. Yeah, it's every yeah. trope that I love specifically, it's got. And I, like, keep meaning to. And I know that author is, like, she's on TikTok. And I know, I know she's quite good on TikTok, but she doesn't appear very often because mm. algorithms are rude. Yeah. Um, my algorithm's really doing a weird thing lately. I'm seeing a whole bunch of people that I've never, that I'm following that I never see. I was like, oh, hello. Yeah, I suddenly got a whole bunch of following appearing again. Yeah, I don't know if they've algoed something in the or, rhythm. Or ones that I used to watch a lot of but never follow for whatever reason, who just, they were appearing on my few page so often. I was like, okay, it's cool, I don't need to follow you, yeah. like, you're here. They just dropped away. Suddenly they're all back. Yeah, it's doing something. So they've obviously changed something. Mm. Right, next, I believe I have this on pre-order, actually. Mm. Where the Dark Stands Still by A.B. Horonek. And this comes out on the 27th of February. Mm. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> That's um, a proper old man clearing the throat there. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a YA fantasy. This is a debut. And if I remember correctly, this is inspired by Polish folklore. A girl with dangerous magic makes a risky bargain with a demon to be free of her monstrous power in this young adult fantasy. Perfect for fans of An Enchantment of Ravens and House of Salt and Sorrows. 
Both of which are high on my TBR, yeah, by which me I mean I've not read for them. Um, yeah. yeah. Liska knows that magic is monstrous and its practitioners are monsters. She has done everything possible to suppress her own magic to disastrous consequences. Desperate to be free of it, Liska flees her small village and delves into the dangerous demon-inhabited spirit world to steal a mythical fern flower. If she plucks it, she can use its one wish to banish her powers. Everyone who has sought the fern flower has fallen prey to unknown horrors. So when Liska is caught by the demon, the demon warden of the wood called the Lizzy, a bargain seems better than death. One year of servitude in exchange for the fern flower and its wish. Here is an image. Oh, I like that. One of the buzzwords for this when I came across it on Instagram, actually, um, was cottagecore. Yeah, and I was yep. like, yep. Yep. "Yeah, yeah, okay, get in my basket." Yeah, and it's myths from a different place. Yes, again, which we is, love we, to see it. We like it. <laughs> Next is another one I'm desperate to read. I mean, all of these are obviously anticipated. Yeah, but, and I recently saw ah, oh, what is her name? Someone's review of it on TikTok. I can't remember her name. I'm going to have to look it up. She recently reviewed it and could not stop talking about how great it was. So this comes out on the 27th of February. Oh, I feel like I've actually mentioned this in an episode before, but we're going to do it again just in case I haven't. I might have just told you about it. Yeah, that's the problem because we talk about it in books too much as well. (laughs) Um, It's called Law of the Wilds and it's the first in the Law of the Wilds duology. No, we've definitely discussed this because I was telling you about the characters. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to read it again anyway. It's not recent. I don't know. No, it was like, I mean, last time we did one of these was like September. Yeah. Or something like that. Let's talk about it again. Yeah. are you ready for a whole bunch of buzzwords, guys? So it's by Annalie Sabrana. Uh, no, yeah, Sabrana. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm so sorry, everyone. Um, sometimes you get it right and then gaslight yourself that you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I said it too quickly. I said it too easily. I must be wrong. <laughs> um, a library with a deadly enchantment. Uh-oh. A fey lord who wants in. Uh-oh. A human woman willing to risk it all for a taste of power. Uh-oh. <laughs> In a land ruled by ruthless fate, 21-year-old Law Elimiu's village is trapped in a forested prison. Law knows that any escape attempt is futile. Her scars are a testament to her past failures. But when her village is threatened, Law makes a desperate deal with a fey lord. See, fey is out unless you are coming at it from a diverse point of view. Then I want to hear about your fae. Then I want it. Yeah. Facts. I mean, you still want the fantasy thing. Yeah, I still want it. (laughs) Still want it, but like more, uh, less 2010s fantasy era fae and more modern fae. Yes. Like High Mountain Court fae. Yes. Yeah, you've you've nailed it. Yeah, there. yeah, that's what we want. <laughs> and if anyone if anyone can mix fey and vampires, please tell me. Oh god, yeah. But just none of these like wafer thin. When I get stressed, I can't eat, but also can fight a grown fey warrior. Uh, yeah. And she's so special, despite having nothing special about her. Mm. And all the men fight over her. Like just none of that. I mean, I love that kind of fiction. Don't get me wrong. It has its place, but <laughs> it's very 2010s. <laughs> um, so this is by a debut... The next one is by a debut author. It's the first in a series called Drowned World, and the book is called Fathom Folk, and it's by Eliza Chan, and it comes out on the 29th of February. Mm-hmm. So welcome... I'm trying to remember what... I know that this is inspired by some mythology, but I can't... It doesn't say in here, but I know that I read that it was... Oh, well. Um, Welcome to Tainkawi, shining pearl of human civilization and a safe haven for those fleeing civil unrest, or at least that's how it first appears. But in a semi-flooded city, humans are, quite literally, on top peering down from shining towers and aerial walkways on the Fathom folk, 
sirens, sea witches, kelpies and cappers who live in the polluted waters below. For half-siren Mira, promotion to captain of the border guard means an opportunity to help her downtrodden people. But if earning the trust and respect of her human colleagues wasn't hard enough, everything Mira has worked towards is put in jeopardy when Nami, a notable water dragon, Fathom Folk royalty, is exiled to the city. And look at that cover. Oh my god, that's gorgeous. This looks like one of those books that um, Fairy Loop will do an edition of, and I'm already jealous, even though they haven't actually said they're doing one. But I'm already jealous if they do. Because I want it. I want it. really pretty. I want it next to my copies of The Girl Who Fell Under the Sea, or whatever it's called, and um, The Daughter of the Moon Goddess. Thank you. (laughs) Please, thank you. Right. Oh god, we are making our way. I did not think I would do all these. No, we're doing well, we're really good time, through. actually. I've only got three left as well. I've had 17. We've, apart from my little Lost City tangent, we've been, do- we've been doing we've quite been well, really actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the next one is um, the third in the Indian Lake Trilogy by Stephen Graham Jones. And this is called The Angel of Indian Lake. Uh, I clicked the wrong button. Hold on. So this is the... First book was My Heart is a Chainsaw. I think that's what it's called. Let me double check. Yeah. Second one's called Don't Fear the Reaper. This is called The Angel of Indian Lake. And this comes out the 26th of March. So we're into March now. I'm very excited for this final instalment. Even though I've yet to read the first two books that are on my shelf. <laughs> <laughs> what What do we say? Collecting books for your TBR and reading them are two different hobbies. <laughs> Look, I already know it's going to be a five star because I've I've literally never considered giving Stephen Graham Jones anything for five stars. So yeah, he is the horror author of my dreams. <laughs> Look at that cover; it looks gorgeous. Oh, I like more. We're getting more of these black covers with white writing and some yeah. creepy. So I like that. I'm not going to read it because it's the trilogy and the final book. But I will read the first book and mm. give you an idea of what the series is about. So, in her quickly gentrifying rural lake town, Jade sees recent events only her encyclopedic knowledge of horror films could have prepared her for. In this latest novel from Stephen Graham Jones. So, yeah, mm. it's about a girl who is a a big lover of horror films and she starts noticing some horror tropes happening in her small town. And, yeah, nice. shit goes down, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> we found a title. <laughs> shit goes, shit down, goes down, presumably. presumably. <laughs> uh, apart from that first book, these have actually been in publication order. Oh, I don't know when that nice. first one was being a duke, but there we go. Yeah, last time we did the story graph, they were really wonky, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, they were just really doing their own yeah. thing. The next one is called Icarus by K. Ancrum. Ancrum. Comes out on the 26th of March. This author, this is queer thriller romance. Okay. I think it's a YA as well. Um, this author, I've actually got one of their other books on my TBR f- for February. So hopefully I might read it. Who knows? Maybe not. <laughs> it's called The Wicker King. No, well, no, no, well. <laughs> Whom's to know? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> um, this suspenseful queer YA romance from critically acclaimed author Kay Ancrum reimagines the tale of Icarus as a star-crossed love story between a young art thief and the son of the man he's been stealing from. Mm-mm-mm. So Icarus Gallagher is a thief. He steals priceless art and replaces it with his father's impeccable forgeries. For years, one man, the wealthy Mr. Black, has been their target in revenge for his role in the death of Icarus's mother. (gasps) To keep their secret, Icarus adheres to his own strict rules to keep people and feelings at bay. Don't let anyone close. Don't let anyone touch you. And above all, don't get caught. Uh, uh, uh. Mm, mm, mm. I think the cover's really pretty as well. Oh, that's really unusual for this type of novel as well. Mm. So, yeah, that is definitely, obviously, one I want to read, seeing as it's on my anticipated releases list. 
Yes, it's very biased, to be fair. Yeah, it is. It's just my I'm apologetically brain. biased. Yes. Sorry, guys. I haven't even catered for Tony on this list. It's entirely <laughs> what I want to read. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have remembered to put Crescent City <laughs> And I would have put, like, I don't know, when does... Oh, that's one that maybe should have gone on the list. Um, I can't remember when it comes out. Uh, A.K. Malford's new book. Is it April, actually? Amethyst Kingdom. Yeah. I think that's later in the year. It's like April, okay, May. that's fine. Yeah, I remember in my head it was like summer in my head. So I, I've got that association from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I think pre-orders are available now, though. Mm. Are you going to sign up to yeah, be an last... ARC? Yeah, I signed up last off. night for the new for her new romance I books. might sign up. I yeah. don't know if I would get approved, but I will sign up. All right, last one. Oh my no way! God. I'm not even going to talk about that right now because it comes out in April, so I'm not even going to talk about it. Oh my god! What? Wow, that was anticlimactic because I didn't realise that was the end. <laughs> there we go then. Perfect. Are any of these on your list? Do you know any that you think that I would enjoy personally? Just me, not Tony. No, I think there's another Emily Henry coming out soon as well. Yeah, but don't um, ask me. Go look it up. Is it called uh, Happy Place? I think it is Happy Place. I'm sure. I did look at that, but. I I will read it. It's just probably not like an anticipated well, one. Also, these books probably don't need our help. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> not our true. help. Do you know what I mean? Like they they they're being talked about regardless. Yeah. Whereas a lot of your stuff was a lot more diverse and maybe it's get not. No, about no. Happy well. Place was the one that came out last year. What's funny story? Yeah. That's it. Um. But it's gonna be my bank account's gonna be very sad. Comes in, out in April. In conclusion. That in April, yeah. we, so I will talk about it next time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if you particularly if you know of any upcoming translated works, especially if they're like based on some mythology or folklore, please, please let me know because that mm. is my vibe at the moment. Um, so you have to feed the demon, yeah. So help us feed the demon. Do it, AKA, feed me, aka Tally, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. If you haven't already, please come join our Facebook group so that we can chat. Yeah, because um, then we're just talking to each other in there yeah. at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we will be, next week we're going to do like a reading update. I yeah. think that's next week. Yeah. Um, but we're only going to pick out standouts. So if you want to talk about older books we've been reading, come and come and join our Facebook group. It's just called Lazy Book Lovers Podcast, I yep. think. Um, and there'll be a link in our card. If you haven't already, please follow, uh, like, share, etc. Wherever you're listening to this episode, please rate us there. We would really appreciate that. It would really help us, Mm -hmm. help other people find us. Come and follow us on Instagram or TikTok if you want to talk some more. And And also, you can, on our website, you can submit things you'd like us to talk about. There's a a suggestion box. And our website is lazybookloverspodcast.wordpress.com. Yeah, as Tony said, we're trying to do more regular indie ones. So if you know of any yep. indie books coming out, you don't have to be the author. It was just one that you were on a street team for or you're excited for. Come and let us know so we can talk about it. Yeah, and if there's like a recommendation list you'd like us to do, we could, you know, just be like, hey, I want this topic or this trope. And we're like, okay. Yeah, we're well, easy breezy, yeah. Yeah, we're always looking for ideas because on the moment it comes out of our own brains and yeah, our brains are full. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so thank you for joining us today. And I hope you have some good reading and we'll speak to you next week. Goodbye. Bye.